Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. You know, I desperately need the power of God in my life. I know that. Some of you know a few years ago, I had a bit of a breakdown, just, a, just numbers of things uh, over years, the doctor said, uh, culminating in just having a bit of a crash and uh, out for six months. And I, I know even since then, just the navigating these, uh, these years and uh, the pandemic and all that's gone with it, just makes you a bit vulnerable. And uh, for those who uh, can identify with me uh, in terms of uh, kind of the mental health, they'll, they'll understand that actually we do need the power of God in our lives. And that is not just for somebody that has been through what I've been through, but it would be true so many of us um, in our lives that know that actually we need God in a powerful way uh, in our nation. Now, I'm interested that when we look at the nativity scene, and uh, we didn't do that much uh, here because we couldn't meet, there are certain kind of characters that are really kind of prominent, you know, and it's the ones you can dress up. It's, it's an angel. It's a shepherd. It's a wise man. It's Mary and Joseph. The one character, the one person that actually is hardly ever mentioned, it's always in the readings, often in the carols, but virtually never kind of mentioned in any of the kind of acts, is the acts of the Holy Spirit. And actually, it's the Holy Spirit that makes it all happen. Without the Holy Spirit, Christmas and all the nativity we'll see was actually powerless. Angels were there to declare something happening. Shepherds were there to witness something happening. Wise men were there to show that actually God could bring people from the nations to uh, see the birth of Jesus. But actually there was something intrinsically at work to make it all happen. And that is the Holy Spirit powerfully, intentionally at work in a little village, in a, na- in a little nation 2,000 years ago. And there we'll see over these coming weeks, there are moments in history when there's an intensity of the transforming work of the Holy Spirit that changes things. We see that in revivals, we see that happening in our nation and the nations of the world. And when it comes to the nativity, when it comes to Christmas, it's the power of the Holy Spirit, we'll see, that actually makes it all happen. And uh, I want to just go and look at a few verses in Luke, and I'll do a right through to the end, just picking out one or two verses, and then looking at the Acts of the Apostles. And we see that Luke starts his gospel, finishes gospel, starts the second gospel or the Acts of the Apostles with the same 
uh, narrative that God was at work by his spirit doing something remarkable. And uh, it kind of starts in verse 11 of, uh, of chapter 1 of Luke. It says this, while Zechariah, he's a priest, was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. And Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed. But the angels, don't be afraid. Your wife Elizabeth will have a son and you are to name him John. He will not touch wine or alcoholic drinks and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth. This couple who were ageing, who were uh, shamed by society, even though they were prominent there, in the temple, now had a miracle happening for them. And in her womb was going to be this boy, John, who was going to be proclaiming that the Messiah was going to be born, going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. What was going to stand out John the Baptist from other people? It was the fact that from his birth, God, by his Spirit, was going to dwell in him. And just a few months later, we read that an angel came to Mary and said this, that, uh, uh, that she would be uh, with child. And uh, uh, it uh, goes on like this, it says, uh, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel com- could mean that she would be with child. And the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favour with God. He will be very great and he will be called the Son of God. That's the child within you. And he will reign over Israel forever. And then Mary asked this to the angel. How can this happen? How can I, a virgin, have a baby? You know... That little phrase, how can it happen, is a word that we use a lot. Sometimes not quite like this, but when we are looking at miracles, at God to do some things, that things that seem impossible, what we're actually saying is, God, how can it happen? Can I get a job? Can I have children? Can I have relationship? Can I see people healed? Can my neighbours, we have so many great neighbours from Muslim backgrounds, and how can you do something? God, that's the question often I ask. I um, do more and more now with different church leaders in the city and uh, looking at how can we see more churches planted, more people saved, more people are restored from poverty and, uh, and, and helped. The question is how, how, how? And sometimes we look for money. Sometimes we look for people of influence. Sometimes we look for help. But the end result is how God can this happen? That's what Mary said. That is a great prayer. It's a request to ask the angel It's a request that we need to ask God. And this is what the angel replied in verse 35. 
the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. (laughs) The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you. That was going to be the difference between Mary having a baby and not having a baby. Having conceived of the Most High God, it was the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, so overlooked sometimes in the Christmas story. But the angel was announcing it. And Mary, under the power of the Holy Spirit, was going to be transformed. Was going to see the Almighty One, the King of the universe, born in her womb. You know, Charles Wesley put it in a great hymn like this. Our God, our God, contracted to a span incomprehensibly became man. He laid his glory by, he wrapped him in our clay, in our body. Somehow the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, enabled our God contracting to a human, to a baby in a woman's womb. The power of the Holy Spirit transforms things, <laughs> makes the impossible possible, makes even the glory of the invisible almighty God become visible in a mother's womb. Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. And that's what we're going to be looking at. We desperately need the power of God in this city, in our lives. It's almost like this pandemic is putting onto us more and more the need for something greater. You know, hope deferred can make the heart grow sick. (laughs) And you know, even as we look at the vaccines and everything, It just sometimes gets hope deferred a bit, doesn't it? It's like we can see it and then we can't. That's a little bit true of our lives on many areas. I'm believing more and more that God wants us to yearn, to pray, to seek the power of God in a way that they saw in the antiquity. The way that Zechariah saw, the way that Luke talks about there in the Acts of the Apostles. I read a tweet the other day and uh, just was a pastor from Edinburgh, just at the end of uh, December. It says, there are now over 110 pastors and leaders in this group that's in Edinburgh. Why do we do this every week? Because we share a conviction, we believe that God moves powerfully in answer to prayer, especially in United There, The history of revivals teaches us this, but most of all, Jesus taught us that persistent prayer leads to breakthrough. God has heard our 52 hours of united prayer this year. These 
pastors, his leaders in Edinburgh, like many, many others, are crying out to God for God to do something in their city. You know, I received a, a message, uh, an email oh, two days ago now. And uh, it was from a friend of mine who's moved down south. I spoke to them, him for three, four, five years probably. And he said, Colin, I had a vivid dream last night. And uh, he said, I don't often have these, and I definitely don't often have them with you in it. (laughs) And he said, I just, it was so vivid, I wanted to share with you. And he described what my next phase of life would be um, in this city. And he described in just a few words in this dream what I believe God had been saying to me over these last few months. And something quickened in my spirit. And, and when I was reading, I was thinking, God, you are doing remarkable things. You are giving people vivid dreams in the south of England to show how someone like myself can live. And I'm not saying that just because I'm, I'm saying that because I'm a pretty normal sort of person. But understanding this, God's spirit is at work in our nation. God is do, doing things. And he's doing things with individuals. And he wants to do things with each one of us. And he wants us to be full of hope and assurance that he, and with his mighty power, can change things and change people's directions and change people's lives and direct people. And I'm going to be meeting with a number of the preachers and worship leaders over these next weeks who are going to be preaching through this series. And one of the things we're going to be doing is we're going to be praying, God, give the preachers boldness. (laughs) Give the preachers boldness and unction. Not just to preach good words about the Holy Spirit, but to be full of the power of this Holy Spirit, to be brave and courageous, to believe that God, through their words, through the prophesying, through the way that God is leading them, will actually impart something that will be life-changing. We want our lives changed. I want my life changed. I want God to do something in my neighbourhood, with my street, that I've never seen before. I want God to do something with a broken mind like mine that has been put back together, that God can do something remarkable with a 65-year-old who's coming to 66 and is going to get a pension. (laughs) God willing. (laughs) If you still pay any taxes. Um, (laughs) The reality is that dream, that prophetic word, comes into a person, into a time frame, believing that God can do something. And my belief is that like what happened to Zechariah, like what happened to Mary, that the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow us. We desperately need that in our corporate times. We need that in our individual times. We need to be like Zechariah, knowing that God is doing something remarkable. And for him, it was taking shame away from their lives. 
and giving them not just a baby, but a baby filling the Holy Spirit within the womb. Something remarkable happening. Mary conceived of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) The Holy Ghost overshadowing her. Luke goes on to talk about this Jesus and John the Baptist 30 years later. John, full of the Holy Spirit, coming out of the desert where he's been meeting with God and understanding all the things of God about the kingdom and about the Messiah who is going to come. And as he's coming and preaching and soldiers and religious people and leaders and poor people and peasants are all crowding to him because he's anointed with the Spirit and they're saying, what do we need to do? And he's saying, you need to repent. And if you're thieving off people because you're a tax collector, don't do it. And if you're a soldier and you're making people do too much for you because you're in charge of them, don't. Change, repent. Get baptised. Tell people that you're going to be different. And this man, full of the Holy Spirit from the womb, sees another man come in. And he says, this man, he is not only going to baptise you in water, he is going to baptise you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And this was Jesus. Jesus conceived of the Holy Spirit. Jesus now, who's coming to John and saying, John, will you baptise me? And he said, I can't baptise you. You're perfect. You've done nothing wrong. You're not like the soldiers. You're not like the tax collectors. You're not like the leaders who are doing wrong things. You have done nothing. And Jesus said, look, I want you to baptise me. And Jesus, doing what the others were doing, but without the sin, without the bad stuff, goes into the waters and God opens heaven. God opens heaven and pours his Holy Spirit upon him and shouts, this is my son, my dear son, who I am so well pleased. Our Jesus, the saviour of the world, the eternal one who was contracted to a span incomprehensibly became a man. Now, living a way that men and women need to live, which is knowing what God wants and understanding that they can only do it with the power of the Spirit in them and upon them. And so Jesus, the anointed one now, the Holy One, Start seeing people who are captivated by sin, broken free. The lame healed, the blind seeing, the deaf hearing. The poor receiving good news that there is a way out of this. Because God is at work. And here's our Jesus. Our Jesus demonstrating how you live 
a powerful life, a God-fearing life, a directed life, a hope-filled life, a life-transforming life. Follow the Holy Spirit because it's the power of the Holy Spirit upon him. And then as he is contemplating a horrendous death, he starts saying to his disciples, look, you need to understand this, that when I'm gone, the Holy Spirit is going to be poured out in an amazing, transforming way that will transform your lives. And something more miraculous is going to happen than anything that I'm doing on this earth. And that is thousands and millions of people who are anointed and filled with the Spirit are now going to fill the earth and do the works that I am doing. I need to go, he says. (laughs) I need to go after I've died so that actually you can go so that you can do the works that I am doing. This Holy Spirit, who anointed Jesus, who was with him, was there at the death. And Paul says this, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave. This Spirit, the power of the Spirit was there when the earth shook and the tombs quaked and Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, rose from the grave and the power of the Spirit was there. And Paul says, look, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave is at work in you. And so Luke finishes his gospel by the words of Jesus just before he goes. And Jesus says this, stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem until the Holy Spirit comes upon you. It's like you can't do anything until God sends his Spirit. How can we ever think that we can do anything without the Holy Spirit? And we know a few weeks after that, there was an almighty roar, tongues of fire, wind, and a group of disciples who had done what Jesus asked, had waited, filled powerfully with the Holy Spirit, Something remarkable was happening to them. People understood what they were saying. Peter and John, soon after that, walking into the temple to pray, meet a lame man who they must have seen tons of times as they've gone to the temple because he'd have been there probably since birth. And he's saying, I want some money. Please give me some money. And they say, look, we've got no silver And we've got no gold. But what we do have. What did they have? They had the power of the Spirit. 
And the saving name of Jesus, the saving work of Jesus, the almighty one, the powerful one, the eternal one, in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. I was thinking about this yesterday and I thought, the trouble with us is we do have silver and gold. That's our trouble. We have silver and gold. So when a beggar says, give me some silver and gold, we don't think first of the Holy Spirit because we don't say often what Peter and John says. We have none. <laughs> We're just poor ex-fishermen. Don't even have a living anymore. <laughs> but in the name of Jesus. You know, I do believe this. God is stretching us. You know, it's, it's good. I, I, you know, I cried when I heard we'd raised 58,000 for the poor. Amazing, isn't it? I mean, it's an amazing, amazing offering. I'm, I'm, and when I say this, I don't want you to mishear what I'm saying because we're going to keep doing this. But you know what? If that becomes what we think should change us and not the Holy Spirit. Do you understand me? If, if it's almost like we put in our hope in what we can raise to look after the poor, then we've missed massively. We've missed massively the fact that the poor are more than £58,000 can reach. And please don't mishear me. I, I, I think it's the most remarkable remarkable thing you know I, 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 and I, I want us to raise more and more and more because it's what God wants but what I want to say is this I want us to be also like Peter and John that can say in the end in the end it is only the name of Jesus and the power of the spirit that's going to transform our city it's going to transform our nation I'm really excited about this series. I feel like I'm crying. I feel like I'm emotional. I've struggled to get my sermon together and I thought I'm just going to preach it as I feel it, as I think it, as I... Do you understand? I've worked hard and, and, and it seemed like I couldn't get things down. So I'm preaching from my heart and uh, I want to just finish this because I want to finish by saying, okay, what, what next? What for us? And I, I just feel this. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And I want us this month, this year, to be asking, asking, asking for the power of God. You know, in the end, that's what Peter and John were doing. Eventually they got put in prison, then they got out and they found that the whole of the elite in Jerusalem were 
plotting against them and telling them to shut up. They were not only not much money, they didn't actually have much authority either. And standing in the city, in fact, they were a minority. And they prayed their heart out. Almighty God, give us boldness. Give us boldness to be able to heal the sick and speak your words. Acts chapter 4, this is. And it says this, the building where they were together shook. And they were all, all, all filled with the Holy Spirit. See, that was the difference between the beginning of Luke when a Zachariah, a Mary, and a few others, John the Baptist, individuals overshadowed, filled with the Holy Spirit. That was like the history, like the Old Testament. Something changed, which is why Jesus said, I need to go away and you need to wait for the Holy Spirit because what was individual became all. All were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to pray that all of us ask all of us, whether we've been baptised in the Spirit and, uh, or are thinking, what does that mean? Whether we are filled yesterday, I want us to be praying, God, fill us again and again. I'm full of faith that God wants to do something. Full of faith. When I got that message a couple of days ago, it wasn't just the message. It was this. God, you're still interested in a 65-year-old. <laughs> it was. God, you're still interested. Maybe handing over things to other people, which is good. But And you know, there was an old man called Simeon. He'd been going to the temple year after year. And in his old age, believing that he was going to see the Son of God somehow. And in his old age, God gave him the beautiful, beautiful opportunity of eyeballing the Son of God, the Eternal One who had contracted to us man and incomprehensibly had become this baby. God, whether we're young or old, middle-aged, wherever we are, God wants to do something in your lives.